Hey everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today I'm talking about Undeath and Taxes, the second book in Fred the Vampire Accountant series by Drew Hayes. So let's accredit it. Uh, again, this book was great. The same sequence as the first book, where it's five short stories combined into one actual book. It works great as a storytelling. Um, I like that in this one, the events are a little bit, are spaced a little bit closer together between the first and the second story. There's a little bit of time, you know, an undeterminate really kind of number of days, but between the second and the third story, there's very little time. And then as it goes on, the time kind of varies. Sometimes it's a little bit longer, you know, sometimes it's less, but it makes it feel good. Now, let me just tell you something about Drew Hayes in case you don't know, and this is going to maybe put you off in the book, sometimes the first chapter of each of these short stories can feel somewhat repetitive. And that's normal for these, because as I believe it was written, most likely to his website, where he does a lot of his, puts a lot of his writing up, and then later taken and combined for a book. So each of these stories is mostly self-sufficient. Some of them do require a little bit of knowledge or benefit from a little bit of knowledge of stories beforehand but in every story you're going to learn all the key details about all the players who are in the story and so as you're reading the story sometimes it can this book as it can feel a bit repetitive at times because in the first chapter he tells you that he's a vampire accountant and in the first chapter of the second short story tells you he's a vampire accountant and then again in the third one he tells you he's a vampire accountant and if you take into account the method of, a, of writing these stories and then combine them into a book it makes a little more sense maybe if he had cut them down a little bit and done a little bit more editing that could have been avoided but I don't think I think he might have lost something compared to how it was written and on the whole it really doesn't bother me it's a it's a one page one and a half page refresher about everybody not that big of a deal but let me just tell you these books again so funny they had me busting up, laughing at sometimes. The tricks are great. I loved uh, this series of books because the for the first great books were great, but there wasn't a whole lot of accounting involved in them. There was a little bit, you know, he mentions it. We talk about his business more. In this book, we actually see more parahuman accounting, which is really what I've been waiting for. This accounting in the parahuman community just brings everything up another level so this is going to start our spoiler section but don't worry it's great you'll read these quick they're a blast but if you don't want to be spoiled just wait a few just uh, go read the books and come back our first story the is called the accountant at the warehouse we learned that fred has achieved his cppa his certified parahuman professional accounting certificate that which means he can actually work on parahuman accounting and file those taxes for people you know and at the same way he would for normal people and so he decides to go over to Richard's house the uh, leader of all the Therians in the area and he's doing his taxes and Richard has a huge mess of course you knew this was coming just papers in any sort of misplaced spot or blah 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 just misstrewn everywhere, lots of work because nobody likes to do accounting in the parahuman world. Surprise, surprise. So he, uh, he, you know, was working for Richard and he's trying to sort all this stuff up and he meets Sally, Richard's daughter, who uh, obviously Richard loves very much and who Gideon the dragon is hanging out with. 
And, you know, as we remember last time, you met Gideon. You know, he was scared, pantsless. He couldn't keep his keep a calm face. But he's doing Richard's taxes. And, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Richard, Fred asked Richard, so do you do any of your own accounting at all? Or do you just kind of, like, pay what the government tells you to pay? And he's like, oh, yeah, we just write him a big check every year. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing or who I how I'd even file this stuff. So he's he's doing his taxes, and some kidnappers come and kidnap Fred and Sally, mistaking Fred for Sally's bodyguard. Now, this is funny just to us, because we know that Gideon is involved, and that Gideon will do anything for Sally. <laughs> so the whole time they're being taken, they're told to be quiet, they get quiet, and Fred's like, you know you know, this is going to be okay, Sally. We're going to be fine. And Sally's like, oh, I'm not worried for you. I'm worried what Gideon's going to do when he gets here to them. And he's like, oh, oh. So true to uh, true to form, Gideon shows up. And this is funny. You know, he is still terrified of Gideon. And so he is backing away so fast. You know, he can't get away though, because he's chained up. But uh, Gideon, in order to help him overcome his, you know, primal fear of a dragon gives him a single drop of dragon blood and he just it you know calms him down he's able to actually think in Gideon's presence and he just books it out of there as fast as he can uh you don't want to know what happens to the rest of them that wait it's bad but the ending of this story was great Richard is talking to Fred and Fred's saying okay so this is about how much you paid last time and he's like yeah and this is like a lower number that I was you know working on and this is this is what it's going to be. And he's like, wow, hey, you uh, you saved me some money. That's really nice of you. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. This isn't what you pay the government. This is what the government pays you. And so he's totally reversed the situation because of Richard's position as the head of the Therians. You know, it was great. I love the, the, the little technical accounting pieces that are thrown in there. And he doesn't overwhelm you with them. So it really, really was great. This was a fun short story full of accounting. Uh, the next story, a little bit lesser, but it was still a good one. Uh, Fred and Crystal, his girlfriend, are going to CalcuCon, which is a convention for the supernatural. So they rent out a building, they put spell-proofed glass all around, so the vampires and other people who can only be in the dark can be out during the day. And they are setting up a booth for the agency with weapons and swords, uh, specifically swords of or weapons of destiny, powerful weapons that kind of have their own spirit. And if you don't put them out into the world every so often so they can find a, a person, they get antsy and then they knock themselves off shelves. And then if you just keep ignoring them, bigger problems arise. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, we also meet June, uh, one of Crystal's friends. For also an agent, and it was great. Just there, uh, this this whole book story ended up being a test for Fred from June. That she stole some of the swords and hid it, and Crystal played along like, okay, I'll let you test Fred to see what kind of a man he is, because you know I sometimes have a bad record with men and blah. So Fred goes around with her and tries to help her out, and in the end. She does approve of Fred. She tries to save her, and then she, like, teleports away, and he didn't need to do anything. And so he's like, oh, well, that's kind of odd. And then he puts it together, and that uh, was quite good. Uh, the trick to this story is the ending of it, of course. I love it. They've finished the con. You know, not as much success, but 
They did a little bit of good work. Um, they go home and they're unpacking things. And they've given Albert, his zombie assistant, a package. You know, one of those plastic things that are just impossible to open up without scissors or a sharp knife. And wouldn't you know it, but Albert <laughs> pulls one of the swords and opens the plastic packaging with a sword. Specifically a weapon of destiny. <laughs> the weapon of the, the sword of the forgotten champion. So funny, everybody's jaw drops. My jaw dropped, I didn't see that coming. Um, I thought Fred might pull it at one point, and I'm glad that he didn't. So that was funny. Which leads us almost directly into our next book. And these ones are happening very close together because they are going to test Albert and the sword of the Forgotten Champion to make sure and see what's going to happen if a zombie used the sword because that's never really happened before. And to make sure... Uh, Nothing's going to go wrong or break or, you know, explode when he uses it. So they fly in on a on an unmarked plane and they got to wear the blindfolds and the masks and then they get shuffled underground and kind of meet up with each other. So it's just good. I love the written. They do a couple tests. They swing the sword. Nothing seems to be going bad so far. And then in this story, we actually meet Arch, another agent who's kind of down-to-earth and straightforward and just kind of bland. But not bland. Bland is the wrong word. Just kind of very serious. Takes his job very seriously. He's a funny... He has some funny parts, though. So his last test for Albert is to defeat or kill a chimera, which is a, a poorly mixed creature. So it takes parts of two or three other creatures and combines them together. And if you do it right, then you get a happy creature that doesn't want to just kill and eat everything. And if you do it wrong, you get a creature that just feels pain, anger, hunger, and wants to kill and eat everything. And so Albert has to defeat this chimera to put himself in a tough situation where the magic is going to react, a life and death situation to really fuel the magic that is going to be happening. So Albert, for the most part, is just being defensive. He doesn't like to hurt things. He doesn't like to kill things, which is true as character. And then finally he's getting to the end and he's like, I don't want to hurt you. And he, you know, swings the sword and he cuts through the chimera. And there's a bright flash of light. And then at the end, the chimera has been separated into its, its three animal parts. And so in a layman's perspective, Albert with the sword of the forgotten champion can cut magic. So he can cut enchantments and magic. Everybody's kind of in awe. And, you know, that's the end of that. When they get on their plane and they fly back home, he gets certified that, yep, you're the, the champion of the, the holder of the sword of the forgotten champion, and you're good to go, and, you know, go embrace your destiny. See you later. Like, that's all the help he gets, you know. And uh, Arch does offer to train him, um, but Albert doesn't want to give that up, give up his being part of Fred's group of friends at this time. The next story takes place sometime after that happens. I don't remember if the exact amount of time is given, but it's less important. In this interview, in this short story, Fred is going to an interview when an accounting at an Airbnb is meeting with somebody who is trying to renovate kind of the Winslow area and build it up more. And he's like, I don't really want to, but sometimes you have to go to where the client is. And so he goes to the Airbnb. He meets Asha, a lawyer who was at accounting firm that he used to work at. And while Fred's there, he can kind of sense that something's off about the house. And he's not sure quite what's going on. But in this interview with a couple other accounting firms, their man's talking about 
his plan for the area. He's like, I want to take this Airbnb. I want to hire all the workers. This food is amazing. This service is amazing. I want to transplant them to downtown Winslow. And then we demolish this house and, you know, we improve everything and make it better. And then this is where the house is. The house gets uh, is becomes a problem because the waiter tries to stab the man holding the interview and kill him because the house is actually a sentient house and her name is charlotte manor the name of the airbnb uh, is so funny she was built by mages who were worried about the end of times and they started they built her up and made her super defensive and made her you know brought her to life and then they were all killed or arrested by agents because they were doing some unsafe things but the house, of course, wanted to be lived in, so it put itself out there on Airbnb and lets people stay in it and can create food. And it's so funny. Fred is like, okay, okay, let me let me talk to you. I got this accounting solution. You know, you don't have to kill everybody. You know, we'll just work on this and we'll save this. And so funny. Uh, Asha, excuse me, Asha is introduced to the supernatural community here. She interrupts Fred when he is talking with charlotte and then she disappears and she kind of freaks out but then she's like okay well if this is what we got to do to survive i am all for surviving so they write up the paperwork and they kind of tell charlotte hey charlotte bring everybody in together let's meet again and they all sign documents saying that the house owns itself and is the owner they pay a nominal fee to this guy who supposedly owns it on paper and they all sign non-disclosure agreements so that nobody can talk about it and then fred's like and who would believe you even if you really did talk about it? Like, the house is alive and it tried to kill you? Oh, you'll be thrown out for being crazy for sure. So, again, I love this one. We get into a little bit of that that gritty accounting detail. And it's never too much. It never feels like you're overwhelmed if you don't know accounting. So, super funny. At the end of it, he tells Ashley, he's like, hey, you know, you don't want to remember this. You don't want to be involved in this life. Go you know, drink until you get blackout drunk and you'll forget this had ever happened. You'll be just fine. They part. That's the end of that story. Uh, so funny. So good. I loved it. The last story in this series is called A Dragon in the Office. So they are required to go back to Richards for a celebration of some kind. And when they get there, Fred immediately notices that Gideon is not Gideon. He has been around Gideon enough that he can know and kind of sense that that is not the same aura of fear that Gideon, King of the West, gives off. Since he's also mostly immune to Gideon's fear right now because of that single drop of blood, he knows that it's not Gideon. So he's there with Bubba and Crystal and Amy, and they are looking around trying to find him. They kind of figure out where Gideon is being held, and Amy you know, has to drink this potion to figure out how to open this kind of gateway to let somebody in uh, to this cage mystical cage that Gideon they think Gideon is in and she does that so funny she says uh you're gonna have this many minutes because for the next five I'm gonna be the smartest mage on any dimension and then I'm going to pass out for three days so yeah that's just funny he gets in to Gideon's cage and Gideon's like hey what are you doing in here like what is what's up and he's like well there's a dragon impersonating you and he's like yeah she tricked me she got me in here and Gideon's like, what, you know, she's going to take over my oath because she knows that Sally is important, that Sally is a Tiamat, and we don't know what that means, per se. I know what a Tiamat could be, but not explained in the book, and so 
Fred's like, well, that makes sense. But, you know, Sally's been sick for the past couple of days. And Gideon gets this look on his face and he's like, oh, no, that's not good. And Frank, Fred offers to help him. And so Fred gets to drink a lot, a lot of vampire blood. And then Gideon basically mind controls him through the blood and pushes his magic through him so that he can escape. And in response, Fred just asks that he save, you know, Fred, Fred asks Gideon to save his friends. And he does, and Fred passes out, of course, from the understandable amount of magic that uh, was pushed through him. But amazingly, after this, Fred becomes immune to silver. One of the only things that hurts all supernatural beings, or all parahuman beings, aside from, of course, dragons. And Fred is immune to it. So, again, that's going to deal with everything for our five stories. This was a great, fun series to read book to read the five short stories i thought were great they were they're tight they're compact you can read one and drop it and wait till you read the next one so funny i love them i'm going to be continuing on that's it that's going to wrap up my discussion of undeath and taxes thanks everybody for listening i really appreciate it if you don't mind please like it uh, like the podcast and leave it a review wherever you listen and of course if you have any questions or comments send them to libromancypod at gmail.com And remember to accredit the magic of books.